What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hot Takes. Please let us know if you cannot hear us or see us. Hey. This is uh, Skeleton Lipstick. What's up, guys? And I am Young Shiro. That TV static is not looking too good. Let's fix that. But anyways, this is a Vaporwave talk show where no opinion is uh, out of place. So None. welcome. We've got a very special guest today that will be joining us in about 10, 15 minutes. We are very incredibly excited. excited to have Uniwa with us in the house. Um, thank you Ooh. to Tech Honors for rating us. I don't think he's rated us yet, but he probably will soon. So thank him in advance. And as always, hit us with your questions, your hot takes and opinions, and uh, keep me in the know about how things look and sound. Do you want to start us off with a hot take? Or... Why don't you start off with the music wreck first? All right, I got a music wreck. If I have ever had a music wreck, I got something for y'all today. Oh, so well, I, I might excited. be... Be, you're, you're very excited about this music bro track. i might be a little late to the game but i finally downloaded i paid for and downloaded sewer sluts draining love story have you guys heard sewer slut yeah it is stupid good like dummy good it's breaks <laughs> for those of you that are into breakbeat or drum and bass it is very dark very sad very edgy but not in a bad way what's up shoji thanks for the follow um it is Shoji. I miss Shoji. you, buddy. Man, miss you, buddy. Harold is the homie. Um, he is the homie. Sewer Sluts Draining Love Story. Honestly, being completely candid, I was a little off-put by the, the the name of the act and some of the artwork and like themes at play in a lot of Sewer Sluts music, but complete 180. I listened to it and I was just like, Jesus, God, this is some of the best. I wouldn't even call it Vaporwave. It's it's not really... I know vap Vaporwave is very much an, an ethos as mm. much as it is a sound, but it's not... Oh. There we go. We're, we're thanks, being raided. Thanks for the rain, Tech. It's very much like dark, sad, angry breaks. It kind of reminds me of Sierra Mist. It reminds oh, me man. of... Sierra Mist. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like uh, some of the hip hop producers like Eric Dingus and Yumi and uh, and and the people like Friendzone, but but with breakbeats. So if you guys have not heard Sewer Sludge Draining Love Story, you gotta hear. It is sad. It is dark. It is amazing. What's up, Tech Honors? What's up, Ronnie? What's up, Tech? So How many you guys good doing? people What's are up? here. Ronnie, Welcome to Hot Shoji, Indy, Shiny Crystal Pistol, Christ. Damn, we got so oh, many hot guys. people in here right now. Holy Dota shit. Here, Aloe Obscura. Obsidian, oh, my girlfriend, Obsidian Allure. Lux. Talented Lux, obviously. DS Dude. Oh, Groovy Kaju. What's Bro. up, friend? Got All right. Good people here. That's a great album, by the way. That's Sewer Slot. Oh, Molo. Shit, I hope you're feeling better, Molo. I hope that I hope that you're doing good these. I know you've been sick, and I hope you're feeling better. What's up, Xavier Mac? Yeah. Slime wire. Oh, slime wire. Nice guys. All right. Um, yeah, that's a great album, by the way. I I'm gonna post a link you. to it. I recommend mm -hmm. that you people buy this fellow's music. Actually, I don't know if What's Super Slut is a, is a guy. I don't know that. But anyways, here it is. Sleep in pattern. Chat. Here, yeah. Pay money for this album. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. And Braille. What's up, boy? Yeah, we've got a lot of heavyweights here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Thanks mm -hmm. for the follow, Lightning Jim. Too. You're yeah, the thanks, shit. Yeah. Thanks, man. You rule. All right, man. I know you got Me? a hot take for us. I do have a hot take. Shall I? What's, uh, okay. So I do have a hot take. Um, I think that we need to have a discussion a little bit about 
the importance of the physical media component for Vaporwave and what that really means. So uh, hot take, hot take. First hot take is basically your album doesn't need to sell out right away. It is ridiculous that people feel less about their music just because it doesn't sell out right away, just because they can't move all their all the all the product within a week or a day or whatever the fuck uh, you know they've the weird goal they've set for themselves. That is not an indication of how good your music is. It is not a it is it's not an accurate way to measure who you are as an artist. Okay. I think that there's a little bit well too said. much focus on moving items as quick as possible and getting to make a post about how quick you sold out. It's not as important as you really think it is. It's it's it feels good and it's great when it happens, but you cannot place your worth only on that because I will tell you right now that most of the best albums ever written, they did not do well right away and it took them a long time to really catch on. And um, the artists that do sell out their stuff right away, really quickly nowadays, I can tell you right now that they aren't—they didn't do that right away. It, it wasn't like that right away. And the early days of the vaporwave scene, like when we first started doing this stuff, it took fucking months to move this to move these right. products—a long time for anything to really move or 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 to uh, or to be picked up on. So just don't focus so much on how quickly you're moving your product. It's not a representation of how good you are as an artist and what you have to offer. <laughs> second thing I want to say about that second hot take I don't Damn, really give we got a fuck two? if you sell a lot of albums Whoa. it doesn't matter it so doesn't matter speaking as someone who does a lot of IRL work you know in the real world a lot of shows a lot of things like that people in the real world you know what man it doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with what your draw is going to be and that doesn't have to do with how good a performer you're going to be either i think one of the big issues is that people get a little bit too comfortable that they sold a lot of albums and now they think that they're they're a fucking big star and they're really cool and this and that and then they can't fucking perform live or they don't know Damn. how to perform live or they're not confident live performers or they don't have any fucking clue about what to do live or no one even comes to see them honestly like i can tell you right now that in the real world, people, it doesn't matter that you sold 50 or 100 copies of your tape to, like, people who are collectors. Like, they're not going to be yeah. at your show because they're spread around the world. You know what I'm saying? So I think people need to focus a little bit less on how quickly they can move their products and a little bit more on thinking about how they're going to translate what they do to a live to a live, um, to a live uh, uh, audience. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it, it, you got to start thinking about that because if all you're thinking about is moving your product and doing this and pushing that, well, guess what? That's great, but you are selling yourself short because you are not reaching as big an audience as you can possibly reach. Because at the end of the day, you know, like why George is so successful is not because he's able to move. He was able to move a lot of products right away is because George worked on a way of presenting his music live. George worked on stage presence. George worked on equipped working out the bugs, working out the bug. Yeah, equipped it too. And it's a great ex equip. It does a great job at the stage presence thing, and a, and a great job at figuring out how to translate what he does live. But yeah, he does. I want to get back to George just because George has been doing it for the longest, and George didn't sell out all his stuff right away either. Let me tell you another thing about George Clanton. I've known that guy since 2010 when we started all this Damn. stuff, right? When he was Mirror oh, Kisses, you know what I mean? Do you know how much like George had to struggle to get an audience? A long time. It wasn't until like 2016 that he even started breaking through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're right. So like 
you think that like people like George sold out the first time he released that Mirror Kisses uh, LP, he did it by himself, right? And uh, he released self-released it, and that didn't sell out right away. The Esprit Seven Inch didn't sell out right away when that first got released. But George, I remember the funding video for that with the I remember the funding video for too, right? in the background and him going, yeah. "I'm George Clanton." Uh, you got to realize that there's a lot of stuff George worked on with his stage presence, how to run the live show, how to do the vocals, what kind of effects to use on his vocals to make it translate well to a better audience, what to do live, what not to do live, yeah. to understand the limitations of his performance and to do something to, to, to counter it, right? There's only so many instru things he can do live. If he wants to jump around and get people's attention and, you know, well, he's not going to be able to play instruments, right? So it's like, well, I'll have the sampler here. But then I'll have this background with the lights behind me right. and I'll work on my straight presence to push everything. So I just think that a lot of people are worrying way too much about how quickly they're going to sell their album and not enough about how they're going to get new fans outside this immediate world of Twitter and Reddit, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you're just always just playing to to the vaporwave that's right in front of you, the, the audience that's directly in front of you, like you're really selling yourself short and you're just going to sit there and wait for people to come to you when you could be going out there. When I started Terminally Chill, I had just come off a bit. I had just come off a few year hiatus from doing music, from being involved in music. And so I was able to build up the following for Skeleton Lipstick and Terminally Chill initially by, um, you know, working on the live presentation of Terminally Chill. You know what I mean? I didn't even get back on. I didn't even what get on Twitter. What about playing ska shows? Are you going to yeah, talk ska about the ska shows, please? No, we're not going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for the follow. Like, I didn't start, electric, I didn't even start Twitter until after Electronicon One because um, I've been told for years to do it, but I didn't. So I, I was I was playing. I was getting big audiences without having to even tap into the vaporwave sphere. At, at, you know, the current vaporwave sphere, at least, right? Right. So it's really important that you focus a little less on the albums you're moving and maybe a little bit more like if you want to be a big star or whatever you know for lack of a better metaphor you know you got to start thinking about what you're going to do to translate this live you know what you're going to do to work on your stage presence and your charisma live oh what's going on oh you just roboted a little bit i roboted a little bit back. all right you're back back yeah okay nobody has perfect gonna... internet even in 2021 but like once again, like honestly, like I really don't give a fuck about how many records you sell, like at all. It doesn't mean you're going to be a good performer. It doesn't even mean you're going to be I mean, a good maybe draw. Maybe a bunch of scalpers bought them. Who knows? I mean, no. I mean, it's like a nice. It's it's very it's it's very good feeling when it happens, and it's a nice little Girl Scout badge to have. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't mean that much in the real world. A lot less than you really think it does. Like I mean, I really doesn't. Like you could come to Terminally Chill and DJ there, and maybe you sold dozen like hundreds of records hundreds of lps etc 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 and like you just might do like a really shitty job djing or like you just might not right. know how to dj read a crowd you might have, you no, have like, charisma no charisma you may have zero charisma on stage and let me tell you people would nobody no one even know who you are really you know what i mean because a lot of people come to the right. terminal show they're, they're art students they're, they're people who go to parties you know what i mean there's your mm -hmm. people that have been like kind of won over from coming to this party and they're not gonna like know everything about you you're not gonna be able to to rest your laurels on like whatever Twitter following you have worldwide. You know what I mean? But True. after I say that, it is still really cool that you sold out your album. That's a great job. I'm not denigrating that. That's fantastic. And uh, I'm very proud when it happens to me too, you know, but I do understand that 
it's the IRL world and the URL world are different. Sleep Pattern has a really cool comment. A lot of cool What's comments that? in the uh, in the thread. Sleep Pattern says, uh, it's called hang out with visualists. That's how you transition to live. He's, yeah. Now it's not, you got to hang out with the visualists. And if you're going to have to, if you're going to do like a live show, you got to work with your visualists too to come up with the vision for what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Like if you really want to do like a straight up stage show, honestly, like, I think you got to work out the themes for what the show is going to be. You have to work out what way everything's going to go, where it's going to start, what the middle is going to be, what the end is going to be. And I think you need to work closely with the visualist to do that at, the, at like a dance party or a big event. That's fine. You can each person can do their thing. But if you're planning to do like some sort of show that you do, you know, like, you know, you're going to like, you know, I think a lot of you have watched like Porter Robinson recently at the Secrets Guy thing, right. and now you're all fucking inspired and shit. Well, all right, that takes a lot of work. You think everything he did was planned. Every visual was planned. Every song was planned. The way that he was going to make you feel, it was all planned. So it's like, don't just get up there and be like, oh, I really like that. I'll do that too. Like, well, you're going to do that, man. You got to put in the work. Okay. True. Anyway, Damn, we got to bring on our buddy soon. All right. Everybody say hello to... Once I find out how to take the static away, Uniwa. What's up, Uniwa? You can unmute yourself. Yay. There we go. Hey, so glad to have hey. you here, man. Um, a little throat, I see. Yeah. Based on what you said in the chat. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to catch up with you up here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to try to behave myself for about the next 45 minutes, but uh, we're excited to have you on, man. Some Very of the pre-chat conversation seems super promising. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Uniwa is a founding father uh, and has dipped his feet in so many different uh, movements and so many different genres. Um, Uniwa has a very large, very dedicated following. Mm-hmm. And Uniwa has played um, live at Vapor Space St. Louis for uh, Ronnie um, and performed in a handful of URL shows as well, no? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've done a lot of Twitch festivals as yeah. of like pandemic, you know, and quarantine happening. So, yeah. Like, yeah. You got you to gotta do what you got to do, right? So we're happy to have you here. I think a lot Absolutely, of people man. have tuned in specifically because you were going to be here. Of um, course. And I'm seeing some some names that I have not seen in here before. So we're excited to have you guys. Uh, don't hold anything back. Um, this is a very interactive show, Uni. So there's going to yeah. be things people are going to ask. And I'm going to... You're tuned in right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you can see the Twitch chat. Um, there you go. There you go. So feel free to jump <laughs> in and like answer people's questions. Um, feel free to. So yeah, you. So Uni, what do you think about live performances? Like, how have you felt about adjusting to the idea of like maybe doing more live shows, things like that? Like, do you think about it a lot? Um, back here in Arkansas, I had already done like so many shows. You feel yeah. me? Oh, hell mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Hell yeah. And uh. <laughs> I started doing out-of-state shows literally last year. Yeah. yeah. That's something I've been wanting to do for so long. I had practiced live sets in my room and shit. Mm -hmm. I already know, like, the Good. flow of my music and was like... Hell yeah. You know. So, I've always really focused on that. I still, like, will just re practice and record myself mixing. 
I always felt like it is an integral part to like being an artist, to like having a interesting mix of music is something that really draws people in when mm-hmm. they see art and shit. So yeah, hell yeah. You you, you work need, on uh, a lot. The, oh, sorry. The, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The chat just no, mentioned you're... that uh, you are a little quiet, so I boosted your mic a little bit. Actually, it's okay. showing. It's showing in the broadcast too. But uh, okay. Yeah, people want to hear what you're saying, man. My bad. I gotta be louder. No apology necessary. You actually do work within a, a whole bunch of different types of styles. Honestly, like all of your albums are are quite different from each other. Do you do that on? Is that a purposeful choice so that when you play a live show, you have a lot of different things you can select from depending on yeah. like what kind of vibe you're feeling? Yeah, exactly. That's mm. that's the very much reason why. Mm. I like having you know choices. <laughs> you feel the options. <laughs> To go down a completely different line of atmospheres and shit, because yeah, like, bro, you know the tone and the atmosphere. I really focus on that, especially like even when I make music. I don't make music how I used to make music. Say for instance, like a lot of people know me for songs that I made when I was a teenager, like so 1989 and all about you. All those songs I was like a teenager. And um, are you saying you blew up early? Uh, kind of. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Like I really blew up. Like I feel like it just kind of got a buzz. I don't feel like it was. Just yes, sir. Up. Um, but that's when I like really started getting comfortable with sending my music to artsy mm-hmm. and really putting it out there on Bandcamp and all that. And um, yeah, I. Uh, what? What? When I would you say, if you don't mind me asking, when would you say you kind of started in earnest, and when would you say? like that arc just kind of like you blew up per se what, what's the timeline okay so it's like i'm at the boys and girls club studio probably 2012 2010 2011. oh wow um, that's a long time yeah, that's wow. early oh my god how old were you then i was probably like 12 or 13. okay okay wow um, and uh i was playing drums i was playing bass guitar i learned how to do that oh geez Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma was a gospel pianist. She gave me some her. Uh, Badass. She gave me some her, her piano books, and I've uh, seen her. You know, I just watch her play, and I kind of just play on the piano myself. And uh, I probably got my own. I probably started getting consistently into producing 2013, 2014, and that's around the time I discovered also. Uh, 2012, 2013 is probably the time I discovered Big Wave and Future Funk, and that's when I probably started releasing early shit like Fantasy. A lot of people don't remember like my early, early Future Funk and shit because it was really bad. And, like, <laughs> oh, it says kind you. Of pushed off to like, you know, like or All About You and 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 so much. And I had to really like, like I had to really struggle and like kind of suck. <laughs> I was aware of it, but I, you know, I pressed through it. I'm probably around on the cusp of 2013 is when I really started getting it. In the 2013, going to 2014. Very nice. And uh, I started getting the flow around everything. Let me ask you a question. That's a really young age to start getting into producing. And, you know, when you become a producer, when people become a producer, it sort of becomes almost a lifelong thing because unlike being in a band, production is something you can kind of do anytime, like on your own terms. And so I always wondered about the people like you who started young and have kept doing it. And do you ever feel like it's tough when you get a little bit of 
of um, of notoriety at a young age because you're like, oh man, everybody's watching what I'm doing, and you kind of like almost grow up in front of people musically, as opposed to artists yeah, like I don't really know, say point. George or myself or DDS, who we were older when we got into music or when we started getting notoriety. We'd already kind of worked out what we sounded like, what we were comfortable with, and um, you know. We're ready, but like sometimes I feel like it's a hard thing when you're young because you're like, it's just like you said earlier, it's like no one knows my early stuff. That wasn't very good. And I push that off to the side. So is that like a little bit of added pressure to think like, you know, like I'm, I'm, um, I'm like kind of growing up artistically in front of everybody. Do you ever think about that? Um, yeah, I'd say there's definitely added pressure <laughs> if you want to get to you, of course. I kind of let it fuel me though, but Interesting. you know, I like performing under pressure in those type of circumstances, specifically just because this makes the music more interesting anyway. True. And um, it's also just like that pressure's always been there, kind of, no matter what, whether no matter how late, like how old I was. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like in perspective, like 2014, I was probably 17, 18, and yeah. like I'm about to turn 24, so it's like I look oh, yeah. back at all my. Yeah, and it's uh, it's your yeah. it's your birthday tomorrow, is it not? Yeah. So Happy I, early I birthday! About, thank Happy you. birthday in the chat for you, you guys. Yeah. I look I look back at my early catalog though, and I'm just like, you know, it's, you know, I'm happy with it, and and even though there was always like a consistent pressure to, uh, either reach a specific standard or exceed said standard. You know, I know at the end of the day, I just, you know, did my best. That's what my main focus yeah, was. Yeah, that's a good attitude. It was getting as close to perfect that's as healthy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's I'm a good a way of putting it. I'm a perfectionist to a degree. Like, I know when to like, too, you know, and just let it ride. So. Well, is there anything of... that you've ever made that, like, I don't want to say, like, that you're ashamed of, but that you wish you could go back and maybe do different or improve in any way what what, what 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 do you mean well i mean you've grown over the years you've perfected your craft you've diversified a lot um and mm -hmm. like chris pointed out you've done it online in front of everybody at least everybody that was paying attention is is there anything or do you ever go back and you're like oh like i wish i could rework that or or like i don't oh, yeah. want this to ever I, see the light of day this song's like Sky and Feel Free. Like, I don't really like Feel Free that well, much. Mm. It's like, I really wish it sounded different. Oh, I'm sure somebody fucking loves it. Probably no, like somebody's no, favorite song. Me, a lot of people tell me, they're like, yo, I love Feel Free. I'm just like, oh, really? that's cool. That's yeah. cool, man. It was, if it works for them, it works for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, half the thing about art is um, it can be interpreted so many different ways. And even we, as the artist, may interpret it I, we think that we have the best interpretation of it because we created it. But at the end of the day, once you put it out there, it belongs to everybody. So maybe it doesn't always work for you, but it does work for somebody else. I think Are you, you said you had a really good... songs belong to the streets. I think they belong to the world. Once art is put out there in the world, it belongs to everybody. You know what I mean? Um, it kind of does. So, but uh, I thought that you had a really good attitude when you said, you know, I did my best. And I can look back on it and say, I did my best. And I'm, and I also liked what you said about being a perfectionist, but knowing when to stop. I think that's like one yeah. of the most important things to learn as an artist is to know when to stop. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to just be happy with what you produced and to not keep nitpicking it and to not keep working it over and working it over. But to understand when it's over is such a big lesson to learn. 
And uh, it's pretty fucking cool that you, you know, you, you know that. That's a lot of people really don't. It takes a while for people to learn that sort of thing. And at some point, you have to just stop and put it out there. Yeah, oh, exactly. Vapor Mill's heading out. See you later, bro. Uh, later, buddy. Uh, Thanks for stopping by, man. EXC to MP3 says, once an artist puts it out, it belongs to PZA. Oh, funny. Ha, ha, ha. He's from Arkansas, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're from Arkansas, bro? I didn't know that. From Little Rock, okay. yeah. Okay. No wonder you were like, oh, what time is it central? You're the first person that, that we've had on here that's not Eastern time. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad we don't have to keep you up as late as I kept up those first four people. Do you have any complaints about the vaporwave scene? You know, you're very beloved here, and you, you you have a you know you make you have a lot of room to do cool music and make interesting things, and there's always an audience that appreciates it. But what's your do you have any complaints about the vaporwave scene? You want to talk about anything, anything at all? Um, really, mostly not. But at the most, I, I would say that that you know, there's a lot of shit that's always going on behind the scenes in any scene, right? True. Mm. Of um, course. You know, I think that's always been a constant thing in every music scene. Like, that's absolutely right. I think that's the thing that sometimes people forget is they just look at their one scene they're in and they think it's just like, oh, it's so awful here. Oh, there's so many complaints. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's everywhere. It's like, it's sp- like there's, there's like fascist metalheads. Like, oh, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's absolutely. Man. Of, there's a whole sick of fascist vaporwave like 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 listeners. Artists. It's Not insane. very much of it, thankfully. People always complain about gatekeeping or they always complain about, well, there's someone who's more popular and they're the one in charge and I don't like that. And like, I just think the people who complain about that stuff the most are clearly the people who have never been in any other music scene. Like, you know what I mean? Never been involved in any other music scene. Like you think that there's anything different about Vaporwave in then there would be in another scene you're crazy the one thing that's different about vaporwave is you have so many people here who are open to new kinds of music because yeah. they've studied yeah. a lot of other music before coming to vaporwave like people don't even know how good they have it in this scene sometimes in my opinion yeah do you think uh, that... i'm sorry go ahead oh uh, yeah i think it's like people try to predicate sometimes act snooty about it because mm-hmm. it's like it's an obscure genre, so not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, no. Let me keep my little me? secret to myself so no yeah. one else can enjoy it. And I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's at times it gets wonky and weird, but like, I couldn't say that about any different about anything else in this, this atmosphere of industry. So. Mm-hmm. You don't think there's any uniquely cringy behavior in the uh, there is, wave or there future is. Punk There's or... a lot of. And you make lo fi hip hop a little bit too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I started really doing lo fi hip hop actually mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there weird, cringy behavior in that scene too? I mean, is. So do you have your hands oh, in I mean, this is all of them. You know, it's like. You know, it's. It's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to like fucking YouTube channels and shit like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, and Spotify playlists and shit too. Yeah, I was gonna say playlists too, though. Dude, Groovy Kaiju has told us a lot about that. Yeah, Groovy has a lot of knowledge on a lot of it. He's, you know, I mean, I've had some talks with him. He's definitely said some real shit. Love that guy. He's so positive too. He's the better best. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you feel like that there are any differences that you experience 
Because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into a hot take right now, okay? Do you oh, feel no. that there are differences that you experience? And I'm gonna go there right now. You know, you're a black artist. Do you ever feel like that there are things that you get left out of, or do you feel ever like there's a difference with you because of because of that in certain scenes? Whether it's vaporwave, lo-fi, hip hop, or anything like that, do you ever feel that? And like, just be like, man, mostly, I know, like, I, I don't know how to address this. electronic dominant genres. I really? Mostly. Yeah. Interesting. It's mostly like the more like young, like electronic shit. Yeah. Like you know, it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. You know, it's like electronic music is mostly like a lot of white folks. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, I want to yeah. hear more about this. You know, and, and the thing is, is that all you could do at the end is just make the best music you can, and hope mm -hmm. someone's willing to listen. And uh, you know, it's uh, this definitely always been gatekeeping, though. Like I'm mm -hmm. pretty, you know, I've been lucky enough to also just have people fuck with me off heart, just off, just like yo, I fuck with this. I've been lucky enough, been blessed enough to have that too. You feel me? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of skill involved too, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's those people taking the time out their day to, you know, to even give it a chance. It's, 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 it's enough in itself. You feel me? It's incredible, really. You know, when you, when you play music, when someone plays your music, they're making a choice. Like, they are choosing amongst a history of music that came before you and that is available, and they select you. Every time you make a choice to listen to a song, like, you're choosing against all music ever written to put that song on. And that's, that's incredible. That's incredible that someone, like, puts on your music, something you wrote. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like a small miracle when they have every other song by every other artist at their fingertips, and they're like, I'll put you on. That's, like, that's huge. Oh, like Quiz has a great question. You. Oh yeah, what's up? What's I, the I biggest didn't... thing? What's the biggest thing you might be holding back? None. Uh, be holding back non-white artists in the scene since everyone talks about how vaporwave is so white. Um. Uh, I mean, I I think that that uh, a lot more black artists could definitely be added to more, you know. URL festivals or just IRL festivals when they start, you know, I just feel like they should be given more opportunities. 110%. You know. Do you think there's enough encouragement of, of black or, or other people of color to and get themselves involved in this music? Do you think it's they have of, enough people just, encouraging them? It's kind of interesting because a lot of like vaporwave music is slowed down by African-American R&B. Absolutely. So it's like... I mean, in the sense that the music is inherently like black inspired into the genre, yeah. But like, yeah, we don't always capitalize off of it. You know, I can I can name very few black vaporwave before future funk artists, really. So Do I you think me, No X and all the other homies, you know, but like, can't you know it's like cap on my finger on my on my hand. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like it's kind of it's it's a. Uh... I've been around. I'm passionate about it. I started when I was a kid. I'm looking. I'm Hell searching yeah. for the shit. I like. I'm a good music connoisseur. I just go like my algorithm play. I listen to new shit all the time. I'm just like I'm open. Yeah, man. Kirby uh, Kaiju you know, has a really good question down there too. When you finish your thought. Let me see. 
If I could ask on the Molo podcast, you mentioned how it's odd to vaporate as a genre built on non-black people sampling black artists. Could you expand on that? I think that's what you were just talking about, right? Yeah, I was kind of talking about that. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, definitely like hella POC inspired, like Asian and black artists, mm-hmm. Hispanic artists, you know, alike. Largely, it's, it's a lot of that, you know. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's disproportionate, a disproportionate amount of just artists that are using this white though, that are doing that, and, and it gets them way bigger. Mm. Do you think that could change? Do you think we are moving in a better direction? Do you think that the more vaporwave expands? Like, I can tell you that, I know at my parties, it's a huge mix of people, it's very fluid. Bear, all different colors, all different types of people, all different types of sexuality, all different types of ways of expressing themselves. You know, you think the more that we do this in the IRL world, the more we can move away from, you know, just specifically catering to that same vapor crowd over and over and over again yeah. that's on the internet that just draws in more people like them, but actually bringing it out there and, um, and putting it out there for people and marketing it well as like a party that and like an and like a and a, 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 that encourages fluidity and then encourages involvement too. That's the other thing about vaporwave. Vaporwave gets you involved. So you think that if we do this more more often out there, if we, we really put it out there more often, you think that maybe we can get some more diff- more people involved that don't always look yeah. the same. Yeah, I do agree. You know what I'm saying? Like giving people like, you know, Paraguay, Aquafina, rest in peace. Yeah. You know, people like, sound like the PLC, like, you know, he's South American. Um, definitely like, just, you know, making it open and pushing them. Like, I definitely agree with Ronnie just said in the chat. Yeah. Like, he just, the shit. Um, I, he said, I spoke with a man last week who said that multiple generations of black artists uh, oh, he said, who said that multiple generations of gatekeeping black artists out of the equal access and opportunities in the music industry will only be solved with generations of work to include and uplift them. And it needs to start by making sure all children have equal and fair access to all the instruments, means, and technologies for making music. Honestly, a thing to add to what he's talking about, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be in band, right? And so, okay. you know, I'm from Little Rock. I ain't grow up in like money and shit. I got like a job and I fucking bought all my music equipment when I was 16. I got my first job when I was 16. Holy shit. My keyboard. But um, when I wanted to do band, I couldn't even pay to rent the instrument. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even be able to do that. So it's like definitely times where like just in life, you know what I'm saying? Some shit got in the way, but I didn't let it just stop it. But it mm-hmm. was, it was a thing that was kind of out of my control, you know? Hmm. At the time, so yeah. Some wise words. Yeah. How did you decide you wanted to start producing music? I know you you said your 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 you know your mother was a she was a a, a gospel choir pianist and um but when did you decide to start producing music like to actually get on on like computers or synthesizers? Um. I have been flirting with the idea since like 2011 and 2012, you know, and yeah. I got, when I got deeper into it and I started doing more shit, I started having more fun with it. Uh, I started creating concepts around everything I was doing. It was like, 
concepts. Interesting. Yeah, okay. That's like a bad, you are already going to be a vaporwave artist eventually if Absolutely. you're already thinking about concepts around your like, concept yeah. album. It's like I have even like a big a big aspect of this shit. It's like context. I have a series of albums called Context. Context War drops this uh, Friday. Oh, um, yeah. And it's like like but concepts though also. Well, um, you know I uh, there's an album called Data. Our program is forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like one of the biggest albums I ever did. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a very good album. Yeah, it was just like, you know, I wanted to come in on, uh, basically, I got into producing, and when I created the concepts, when I created the context around everything I was doing, it gave me structure, so after structure that I created from the shit, I just felt like, okay, it gave me more direction, because mm. what I liked originally was just direction overall. Yeah. The more I could refine what I actually was trying to interpret artistically, it was like more basically how I could like, you know, be like, take it on and be like, okay. Cause I would produce for a couple weeks and then I'd stop and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but that's the thing about production is you could go back to it. Back. Exactly. Like, like that's actually the, the really, uh, the really unique thing about production in general is the fact that it really does build discipline and it really does build structure like you just said because you literally are structuring a song together do you know what i mean like and it's as opposed to a, a normal instrument where you play it and you're like i better write down those chords i wrote or i better uh you know grab a four track recorder and then maybe i'll record it badly or whatever but with production it's like you start it and then you're like oh i can open it up and it's just right where i left it yeah Good and point. i still use analog because analog's amazing it's so mm -hmm. fun um I have like an album, one of my next next albums after this current one. Um, it's gonna have some analog material. Oh but, uh, damn! Like yeah, what? Yeah, I, mean, I actually only write with synthesizers. I do that. What are you gonna be working into the mix? Working into the mix? Yeah. Uh, a lot of lo-fi, a lot of vaporwave, very like. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A lot of southern, you know, southern characteristics too. Interesting. Can't wait to hear it. I have a question for you, Uni. Who do you usually, or do you even at all, usually run your like early work by anyone? Like, do you usually show stuff to somebody to be like, does this sound good? Should I run with this? Do you have any like close confidants that you kind of show stuff to to like get their reaction? Yeah, my boy's on the other side of the room right now. Oh, word. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever had an experience like trying to show your stuff to somebody that it kind of felt like a throwing pearls before swine type of thing? I don't know. You know, I, I very rarely show it to people. Sometimes I do, but like, you know, I always send it sometimes to people through text and shit to see if what they say from off that I'll call them. You know, yeah. stuff like that because of the pandemic, of course. True, yeah. That probably you know, makes things kind of complicated. Well, not necessarily, but you know, I'll send the links over to certain homies and I'll see what they, you know, what they think. And they'll tell me, you know, they'll give me the, the... Are they able to be like brutally like, hey, bro, you need, yeah. to, you need to go back to the drawing board but, or... Yeah, I definitely I definitely had that. I definitely had that. I have had hope. Hopefully you don't hear that. that very often. I don't. But I, I've had it before. <laughs> I have a question. Do you, would you, if you wrote something that you really liked, right, and you thought was really good, and you sent it to somebody, and they're like, I don't like it, 
would you be like, oh, I better go back to the drawing board or, or be like, fuck it, I like it. I'm just putting it out there. I fucking like it. I'm fucking putting it out there. Exactly. Right. And that's exactly what is like when you're an artist who knows your voice is that I honestly don't give a fuck about most people's criticism. Like being like, in a major I don't need son. somebody else to tell me how to make music. Do you know that's what I mean? Like, like I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll make the music the way I want to make the music. And I've been doing this long enough. And I've been writing stuff long enough that I kind of understand what my voice is. I know what I want to sound like. And I don't give a fuck about criticism. Like, I've never understood the idea of being like, tell me what to write. Tell me how to do this better. Like, if I need help with something, I'll ask for it. Like, if like, somebody does something really dope, I might ask them how they did that, right? Or like, what I might ask them what plugins they use to make it sound like this. But yeah. like, I don't ever fucking send my things to other people. I mean, you know, I do what you do, which is like I send it to my friends. And right. like, cause I like, I think that they'll like it. And I, and I like seeing, I like seeing people get excited that are my friends about what I'm making and I, I appreciate the encouragement but I don't expect them to start like picking it apart and like being like well your snare right here needs to be a little and fuck you my snare is exactly how I want oh. it to be and I don't give a fuck my snare is exactly you don't know and I'm like you don't know the fuck you're talking about because I made it and I know what it wants to sound like and I've been doing this long enough where I know if it's bad you know what I mean like yeah. I know if it's bad if I'm sending it to you it's because I've gone to the point because Beauty, you know how it is. Like you're your own worst critic, right? You're so much yeah. worse of a critic than anyone else could be. I literally only guy. right. Like you know you're already fighting against yourself. You don't need somebody else shitting on your work too. No, this whole shit about like people <laughs> send out their music and they want suggestions. Fuck you. I don't want any fucking suggestions. I know what I'm doing, Damn. and if I need a suggestion, <laughs> I'll ask for it. Beauty, what do you think? I fucking feel you, dog. I'm Thank really you, right? Like, <laughs> you know. When I'm talking, you go ahead. Honestly, man, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, you, you got to be so in your bag. You got to be undeniable about your sauce. And yeah, shit, man, you know? can't let somebody yeah, have a dumbass opinion. Exactly. You and down. like when you're working on it, yeah, you got to be undeniable about your sauce. And when you're working on it, you're still fucking mixing that sauce, right? You're not ready to fucking slather it on to people so they can feel it. You know what I mean? Like you're still working on it. And like, you know, when it's not right yet, you know, you're still cooking it. You know what I mean? And when it's done being cooked or almost done being cooked, that's when you start sending it to people just because like you think it's really good and you know, they're going to like it. I send stuff to people like what you were just saying. He's like, yeah, I know it's good. Of course, you know, it's good. You're done. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start sending it to people when you know it's good. That's you know what right. I mean? That's and like right. when people start laying criticism on you, guess what, man? Make your own fucking song then. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you actually had a really good tweet the other day. You asked people. I did? Yeah, well, you know, for once, you ask people, hey, does your family like, <laughs> sorry, does your oh, family yeah, listen to your music? That's... And that was a really good tweet. I want to ask Uni, hopefully this doesn't get you in any trouble. Does your family listen to your music oh, or do yeah. they have you... any thoughts on your music? That's a good question. What about um, that? At first, they weren't really that interested in it. Like, uh, it's time oh, no. it's time I'm not interested in my music. Don't worry. As, as time went on, they got more interested in it, though. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty smooth-sounding shit. I mean, it's not like you're in a harsh noise band, you know, making, like, power electronics with contact mics and shit. I mean, it's pretty so, it's smooth stuff. So the thing that my parents aren't interested in my music, okay? Like, they don't really terribly, they don't really, really care about all the weird, arty stuff that I do very much. And I think it's not that they don't like, I mean, they don't like it. They don't listen to it. It wouldn't be their cup of tea anyway. But it's not, but it's like, I don't really make harsh noise either. I think it's more what parents don't like is the fact that you're putting all this energy into something that they consider to be a kid's game. 
You know what I mean? Because they don't make music. They don't do this. This isn't part of their world. So parents don't like the stuff, not necessarily because they don't like the music, but because they don't like you wasting your time making this music. They look at it and they're like, shouldn't you be cleaning your house? Or like, shouldn't you they're be like going back to career. school? Like, shouldn't you be building a career? I'm like, and, and like, I have built a career and they're still going to be like, well, okay, but well, shouldn't you be like, you know, studying when you get home? Like, that's really what parents don't like even more so than not liking the music is they don't like that you spend your time doing it in the first place. You know what I mean? Because they're you like, that's kind of like, fuck, Mary, kill with a car insurance commercial. They're like, well, that's the thing. They're like, you could be working on your credit right now. Why are you making music? Like, shouldn't you be taking a, like a course to improve yourself? You know what I mean? They don't see the music as, as, as improvement, which music is improvement because it's, it puts they're, you they're more into assets. It's like you get royalty. Yeah. Stuff, you know? Like there's yeah. like royalty systems and all the like, you know, royalty rates and all that stuff, like, you know, like, I've gotten advances on my distribution mm-hmm. shit, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's its own industry, it's its own, you know. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you, do your parents see that now? Yeah, my, yeah, my dad does for the first time ever. Like, wow, nice. for the first time ever. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. That's a big deal to convince them that you're know, like, yeah, man, this like this weird stuff I'm doing online, it, it really does mean something. It's it's a real world out there that, and the real people that listen to me. You know, when you see those people buying my album or supporting my things or following me or or anything or or interviewing me on on a show right now, that means people care about what I do, you know? It it, it touches people. And you know, art's really important because it puts us you know, that, you know, parents sometimes might not think that creating art or doing music or whatever is that important, but it is because, you know, it's, it's, it creates you, it puts you in contact with yourself. It makes you know who you are. It really creates your voice. It gives you confidence. It puts you in touch with your imagination. And that makes you a unique person with something to offer the world, as opposed to just doing work all day, as opposed to just making some other man rich. Yeah. A cog. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is you becoming an individual. This is be- you becoming something more than just another animal. You know, it makes you human, you know? Puts you in contact with yourself. And that doesn't just have to be making art. That can be experiencing art, too, you know? It doesn't have to. You don't have to make art to do this, you know, to put in, be in contact with yourself. You can experience art. And I get more almost from experiencing the art than I do from making it sometimes, you know? I actually have a question with regards to that. Uni, what kind of music do you like to listen to? Oh, yeah. Um, I like to listen to a lot of knowledge and, like, Flying Lotus. Oh, Hell that's yeah. good stuff. Knowledge I, I of Flying like, Lotus. Knowledge of the like, X. In the, oh, I told the you guys, I like surfing. Yeah. Nice. I like a lot of rap music, a lot of hip-hop, a lot of, nice. lot of hip-hop, a lot of electronic, obscure shit, rock shit. Uh, I want to say... Um, Saint, you know, Scottish spins. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's another sense. guy who got. It's another guy. It's another guy who got uh, pretty big, pretty got really big, pretty quick at a young age too, and has also had to, uh, you know, kind of develop in front of everybody as well artistically. Mm-hmm. Are you much of a Stones Throw Records fan? Oh, I love Stones Throw, like because they have Dylan, yeah. Mad Libs, like catalogs, yes, and oh, for sure. You know, I'm a huge Dylan fan. Yeah, man, there's some I'm fans of some people in the fucking chat, like like fucking Groovy and and yeah. Lux, Lux, you know, Luxury Elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got some heavyweights in the in the house today. Mittens mm-hmm. is in the chat, actually. Mittens makes lo-fi hip hop. Oh, 
Yeah. yeah. This year? That's awesome. Yeah, Mittens oh, yeah. just uh, just played a, a show yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. It was not lo-fi hip-hop, but it went the fuck off. Can I ask you a question, Uni? What's your process yeah. like? Like, how often do you work on music? Are there times or other weeks where you're like, I can't do it this week? Or are there times where you have a big inspiration? As I get older, it, it adjusts. It readjusts as I get older. It's like I don't make music the same. Like, each year it changes, like, differently. Like, I take longer periods of time mm-hmm. to chill in between each album, like, the older I get. Yeah. Why you know when I first came in, I was really selling like, B tapes like every fucking three two months. Like they have a huge. Well, a lot of people did that first. <laughs> from the time from the time I was like probably like seventeen to the time I was probably about twenty, I released like almost a B tape, like eight B tapes, seven B tapes a year. Yeah. Do you think prolific. that was you? looking for your voice trying to figure out what works for you what you did like what you didn't like that and sometimes i had already realized what it was at that time oh yeah yeah and because you know a lot of a lot of the early shit's very abstract very uh lo-fi very you know um i focused on the atmosphere really uh but yeah, over time, I definitely found, like, the voice a lot more. Um, and that's when I started doing, like, album series, mm. you know. Like, when I started doing Chill Days volumes, like, I got, yeah. you know, did three of those. And when I started doing Context, when I started doing Ethereum the Lover. Yeah. That's when I, like, really was just like, yeah, this is, like, my thing, multi-instrumentality. It's, like, most multi-instrumentalist, like... Like, I'm like this iguana, basically, that's constantly changing colors whatever <laughs> nice, that I'm on, you know? That's what my music is meant to be. It's like, you know, kind of just meant to blur the lines of what you perceive as most artists. It's like trying to be multiple artists and one artist. Oh, like, shit. Quiz has an awesome question for you. Are you seeing this? I got a question for you, Yuri. You are one of the big names in a non-anime future funk. Is that an important distinction to you? Where do you get aesthetic or uh, inspiration from? And who else is out there with the imitation style? That's a lot of questions. Go for it. (laughs) God damn. That's like, yeah, that's some, that's some like four questions. Fuego, bro. Yeah, there you go. Okay, is it an important distinction to me to be a big name in non-anime feature form? It's not really a distinction I really cared about. I mean, kind of. I didn't want to be too anime because at <laughs> one point it got really droning to me mm. to like use anime it, it, it's a little overdone you you don't want to be you don't want to be locked into one aesthetic as you've yeah. kind of said many times now right yeah yeah you're iguana you want to be able to change your colors yeah i want to be able to reinvent myself my rough you don't want to paint today. yourself into a corner you know uh-huh. i guess exactly. the next thing is uh where, where do you get inspirations you basically um like i get a lot from you know knowledge and fly lotus you know when Those are two artists with a lot of different sounds happening in their music. Like you can yeah. literally pick sections of their songs and be like, "Ah, that's a vibe right there." You know what I mean? And then later on in the song, like that's another vibe right there. Yeah. So for sure, 
that's yeah. probably a good thing that you're in vaporwave too because that's you have the room to evolve not even evolve but just to move laterally in different directions you know what I mean? you can you're evolving no matter what but as you evolve you can move laterally and do different styles you can go back and try this style again move over here do that style again yeah and, it's, uh, like, it's like my new album like it's like man i can't wait for it to release but yo it's do like, we have a do we have a release date it's this friday it's this friday that's what I i'm really talking loved, about um, I really loved. I think it was the last. The last album was was a lot of synth based uh, sort of compositions, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. What made you decide to do an album like that? Um, I hadn't been thinking about it, and I was just like, I mean, you know, I threw some future garage and techno in there, like type shit in the house in there too. Yeah. Hell yeah. I really been like like in future garage and house and stuff like that way more recently. Mm-hmm. I've really like putting like my vibes into that because that's like seeming like that's my bag that's like my shit right now like my next album has a lot of house and like techno sounding type industry i'm fucking sold interesting you know it's it's like it's like that in trap you know trap music and uh i kind of pivot in between those and uh kind of like hip-hop influences and 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 classical influences it's a lot it's 20 tracks it's 20 tracks yeah. Wow. That's going to be a hell of a bag. Andy JPG you... says, Uni, which of your albums did you enjoy making the most? Huh. I, I probably, I probably got to say Context 4 because that was the first album I started making when I was like actually traveling, starting to travel and doing, you know. I like the fact that I was able to like go experience different atmospheres and environments. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Were you traveling for shows or just traveling in yeah, general? I went to I went to Florida. I was staying with my manager at the time. Now I'm no longer with. And uh, I was staying. I did. I played two shows in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I have questions for you. I have, I have questions for you next now that you said that. Yeah, because I was staying in Winter Park. And we drive into Orlando and I played off Wall Street in downtown Orlando. Uh, it was in uh, some bars you feel me and uh, I work on music out there and I go to Miami and I go visit my distribution Sick. company because I'm with Symphonic Distribution and uh, I have somebody yeah. that you know shout out Keith Keith is like the guy at the company you know, great guy he's the guy that uh, helps me with all my stuff and uh, went to LA and stayed with the homies and made music and went to the studio and came up with new ideas and yeah I, I felt like you know I'm glad I got time I gave myself time to work with this mm-hmm. you know it took about two years yeah I have a few questions for you in a minute when we're finished <laughs> question one for me is did doing these live did, a, did two things actually it did doing these live shows and also now starting to work with management and distribution, did that inform a little bit how you would start writing music? Would you start thinking more about like, well, I'm thinking more about how this is going to go live. Like I'm thinking about like what live audiences are going to be like when this happens. And also like, am I thinking about like, is this more professional now because I'm working with management? I was already thinking like about the live aspect way before then. Oh, shit. But, like, no, once you started actually doing live stuff, too, did yeah. that even alter it a little bit more? 
Oh, I had already been doing a lot of stuff though for years prior. I had already been doing festivals in my hometown, I'm on homestead. And uh, like, you'd already started sick. writing even before once you started doing the Uniwa music, you were already thinking about how this would translate to live and like what you would make and how it would be done live. Yeah, I did, I did, I did. I would DJ festivals with 300 people and like it. Like, Damn, you know, that's badass, uh, bro. Wow, it's like you know, huh. They have wow. different tents and it'll be out at night. You know, it's the country down here and shit. So it's like, you go down this long ass trail and I, I have the lights and all the shit. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was, I had already been deep in that and I always did pretty well. I'd always focused on just like, you know, just, you know, keeping the movement alive. You are a professional. So you were DJing through, through, before my you started making music? Huh? You were DJing before you started making music? No. I, I mean, think before I, the management. Before, yeah. Like, ah, before, I got way you. before I management. Sorry. Like, That's, I have another question yeah. about that, actually. Yeah. How important has getting a professional involved in helping you with your career been? Because this is, I think, a really good. Let me let, wait really quick. Because I, I got I got more questions for myself too. Like that's why I'm asking you right now. Like I really want to pick your brain about this because I think this is really important information for a lot of us to know about. Speaking as as there's a lot of vaporwave artists that are pretty successful, but they're their own cottage industry, right? They've all, we, you know, myself included, have all just been kind of doing this on our own. We haven't reached out. Maybe occasionally people have reached out to us, but we haven't known what to say or we weren't sure if we could trust them or not. And um, yeah, I, I can speak from personal experience that I've had a few people reach out to me or uh, this and that, but like I've never been like, uh, I don't know who this is. Like, I don't know if they're going to do this right. I'm doing fine on my own. So has that been a really, you know, like has that been really helpful for you? Would you say it's been a really, really good thing for people to do and to look into? To get management? Yeah, because like a lot of people are doing well, but they don't have that yet. You know what I mean? They don't have a yeah, manager. They don't have a publicist or distributors. I'm gonna give you the most unbiased, like, fucking. I got, I got to keep it 100. Oh man. damn, like, hot to take. Be honest, I, for years when I was younger, you liked the idea of the professionality that came with having that. Okay. But it's the things that you, you know, there's other circumstances you might have come to question because it's always the idea that they're supposed to be a professional, but aren't they? Oh, that's really interesting. Because you said you don't have the same manager that you had initially. No, I manage myself now. Oh, okay. C continue then. So you said there's the idea of that, like having the management, having this feels makes you feel more professional. But what's the reality like occasionally? It's like it might not go the way you want. They might not do the shit you need, and it, it might, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's you might not just. Like the shit that you want to be priority might not be treated priority. So wow. because not everybody just because you sign with somebody doesn't mean they're just gonna understand you or even be willing to really just listen. You know, it's gotta be like, you know, a lot of balance in, in that department of of I'm bringing you on. It's more than I'm taking twenty percent of your growth. You know, wow. yeah. Of you know what you gross yearly. And wow. it's That's like, you know, people want, to just, people want to sign major label deals and then you got 20% and then you got taxes and that's like another 30. And wow. It's like you just shit eats up all your money and it's like you really just need to learn this shit and get a fucking lawyer. Hmm. What do you think people should get? Maybe do you think they should get manager or they should get something different? Something different? They should, they should, they should learn as much as possible every day for themselves but get it like 
have like a lawyer. A lawyer. So you recommend that if you start getting big in this world and maybe you're moving some product and you want to take yourself to another level, it might not be a bad idea to get like an entertainment lawyer to talk to. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. But learn as much as be like, try to manage yourself as much. Honestly, a lot of people can manage themselves. It's like, so, it's about being dedicated. I know I managed myself for most of my career. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So mm -hmm. it's like the professionality of management, like, you know, I had, I did a lot of what I had already been like reaping the benefits of like mm -hmm. before they came along. So, you know, um, would you say you market yourself pretty aggressively? Um, not really. I, I do market, I do market myself more aggressively than I used to, but not aggressively all the time. You know, it's like. Because that's, I think, the biggest struggle for a lot of people, man. It's like, I have a system, though. I definitely have a system and a strategy. Good. And I definitely take, like, six, like, weeks, seven weeks. I have specific time periods already set up in my mind before the song is even done. This is that discipline you were talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, I'm thinking about every aspect of when this is going to drop and what information am I going to log into the marketing drivers? Yeah to get it to the other end of the people that need to hear it. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah, I so, do. Like, metadata, you gotta make sure, you know, your metadata is correct. You gotta make sure. Do you have any advice for people that are struggling getting their art out there? I mean, you've been very successful. Um, I mean, without sharing your whole secret, do you have any uh, quick pointers? Uh, definitely, uh, Seek out all the resources already available to you because motherfuckers will really try to make you pay for promotion. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 was, <laughs> I, I was talking to one of my friends who's not really, who's like a, she's a musician, but she doesn't have like social media presence. She's like been out of this whole world for a long time. And she had this idea of like, well, I'll hire a publicist and they'll help me out. And I'm like, I'm like, do you like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like you can do more, they're, they're, everything they're gonna do for you is like gonna be all wrong. And like, they know you don't know shit. So they're gonna right. take advantage of you so hard. I'm like, you're gonna be like, like still I, not gonna I've, be on pitchfork. I've had music artist friends that like get a publicist through a management company. Yeah. And fucking, they're just like, you know, the publicist is supposed to write some post about my, my music. <laughs> I read that shit. That shit, they sound nothing like me. <laughs> like, you gotta do your own copy sometimes. You know what I mean? You gotta do your own copy. You gotta, you gotta make it you, man. Yeah, you, you gotta. Know, I'm all about it making it me as possible. Mm -hmm. I do. Well, and like, closed mouths don't get fed. You have to be the squeaky wheel, man. You can't be shy. Has That's that real. been difficult at all for you, or has that just kind of come naturally? No, I'm, I'm definitely real kind of shy about, like, you know, certain shit and just trying to get to know people and all that. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to art, like, it just kind of forces you. You're like, you know, I care about the art I make. Maybe this isn't me naturally, but it's going to become me because I care a lot about what I've made. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what else was I going to ask? Oh, you know, um... So, uh, is there anything that you think that people would need? Like, so obviously not a publicist, probably not a manager, 
What about like a distributor? You have a distributor. Do you think that people should seek that out to help them? You need to have a distributor that's going to prioritize. And just not just a distributor, but you need to go somewhere. You need to make a catalog. You need to go somewhere we can be prioritized, you know? What's the distributor helped you with mostly? I mean, obviously distribution, uh, but like, what did they do that you couldn't think of? Playlisting. I actually did also a uh, Amazon. Playlisting? Really? Yeah. Uh, they also gave me opportunity to do a Amazon Music Twitch live stream. Uh, DJ wow. It was like Twitch. It's on Twitch. And I did that like in February. And I had the green screen behind me and everything. And I had wow. visuals and all that. That's on YouTube still right now. Wow. But uh, yeah, like Amazon Music wanted me specifically out of the company. And they wanted me to do it. And so I, I accepted them. What was your criteria when you were looking for a distributor? Like, what was something in your mind? What did they have to say to you to make you think, okay, these guys are legit. They're going to care about me. You know, I needed to have a direct line of communication with someone. And I had Keith. Nice. And, I, and, and lucky enough, the people that also work there also, you know, like my music, too. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's important that they like your music, they're right? They're willing to vouch for me and prioritize me because they're the ones pushing all the artists that go through the pipeline and the distribution company because there's opportunities coming in. When you have a bigger distribution deal, when you're not just with one like TuneCore or CD Baby or like, you know, you get more opportunities with bigger distribution companies because bigger distribution companies focus on signing bigger acts like one. You know, I came to Supply, I probably had like 30,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. I was still already doing like a good, you know, amount through all of my SoundCloud, that, and YouTube. So, you know, they already saw promise in me, and so they've just been pushing me. So you think that once you get to a certain level of followers, listeners, influence, it might not be a bad idea for you to, for an artist to start approaching a, um, a distributor. You know, that isn't just the ones that you can access on and anyone can access online you think that yeah. once you get to that point like it's the next thing like, you would say don't get a manager don't like get a publisher start like approaching ones, a distributor like the ones you guys it's good like advice for, for me and a lot of other people too in my opinion i'm i'm interested in what you have to say here yeah it's like also like you know ones sometimes it's the distribution companies that have you have to like apply to yeah but once you have a reasonable, you know, copy that you can write for yourself and something you can present to them that shows that you're moving records, that shows that you have influence, that shows that you have the numbers, et cetera, then it's not a bad idea to start thinking about that as the next step. Exactly. Interesting. Dream Gliding has a good question in the chat. Interesting says, stuff, man. Thank you for talking about this. We really, I really guys. appreciate this personally, and I'm sure well, a lot of other people in the chat do. What was the question? I'm sorry. Uh, Dream Gliding says, what kind of advertising has been the most effective for you guys? So it sounds like what? they're asking both of y'all. I can answer that, too, as well. But why don't we talk to Uni first about that? Like, what, what do you think? Um, I run ads on Google, on, on, Google, on YouTube, and mm. uh, Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram is pretty decent, you know. Instagram. Uh, really just try to understand your demographic, understand what the people that like your stuff like outside of you you know what i'm saying it's like getting in their shoes no matter no matter like on what platform you need to understand the interest of your demographic and how they live and all that like i think that's the most integral part around like that type of thing hmm. 
So uh, I'm going to use. Uh, I'm going to actually talk about, for my example, for for advertising. Let's 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 since he's talking about what you know, advertising music and advertising your art. I'm going to answer it differently, and I'm going to talk about advertising your show or advertising your party, right? So I run, you know, let, let's talk about that. I run Terminally Chill, the Vaporwave Dance Party, right? So that happens in Philadelphia and it happens in Davis, California. So when I have the Philadelphia party, what I do is I have a targeted ad as well that I create, and I write some interesting copy about it. I have like maybe a moving video, maybe I don't. Nice. But what I do is that I do pay for advertising on Facebook, not even too much money, maybe like $50, for the month and what i do is you can pick your demographic right so i'm not going to start typing in things into into whatever to get like i'm not going to type in vaporwave right because it's going to be it might not be broad enough so what i do is that i put my age bracket down right and i'll say you know within this 15 mile radius for philadelphia but i don't just do philadelphia i also do the out i also drop a little button on the different suburbs surrounding philadelphia phoenixville or the ones in new jersey or or Haverford or Brimmar area. Like I start dropping down the little tabs on that too, so that the advertisement doesn't just go to Philadelphia and 15 miles outside of Philadelphia, because maybe it, it won't hit those suburbs, which are maybe still 15 miles outside Philadelphia, but maybe it won't hit them. So I'll drop about like 20 or so individual little buttons on top of all these different places, so that my ad goes to those specifically as well. Because kids from the suburbs right outside Philadelphia are going to come to the show as well now, are going to come to the party as well now. And the thing about doing an advertisement on Facebook, if it's your Facebook page, is it will be linked to your Instagram page as well. So you'll run that advertisement on Instagram as well. And that gets it out there a lot. And it gets it gets a lot of uh, that, that gets me a lot of um, a lot of clicks, a lot of people coming. You know what I mean? I, I also say that for the most part. If you can get so when you're throwing a party or you're throwing an event, you want your ratio like say it's a Facebook event, right? You want your ratio of people who have put going to compare to the people who put interested. You want at least 10 percent going of what you're interested are. So if you have like 5000 people who have put their interested, you should have 500 people that specifically say they're going because people don't like to write going that much. But if your ratio is about 10 percent you're probably going to have a really good event. Like most of the, a lot of the interested people will come, but 500 people have said, yes, that means that means it's going to be a good event when it's, when the ratio becomes lower than the 10%, it gets a little bit iffy. Like that's just what I've noticed. That's the thing to look for when you're throwing a, a real live event is that, I don't know. It just seems to be an interest. It's, it's been a very good predictor for my events. You know what I mean? So, okay. It's a good question, but I figured, I figured you know, I would answer it a different way. I would do instead of talking about skeleton lipstick. Let me talk about teach you with that one. Uh, any other questions? Oh, quiz had a really good one. Let me go back up to this. Oh, yeah. Quiz asked Uni-wa. like four questions in a row. Quiz when he asked has questions. Some good What's ones. the question? All hail quiz. Uniwa said, uh, yeah, quiz, quiz says, is the best. if you were to host your own URL festival, what would it look like? And what might be different from how people are doing URLs in the vapor scene right now? Who cool, he asked me that? What? <laughs> I'm looking. It's a long question, but it's a good question. Hold on. See you later, Ed. How would you do? Let, let me let me summarize it for you. What would you do for a? Would you ever do a live event? And if you would, how would it look? Um, would it be different than the other ones you've been to? What would you What would you do differently? Maybe you've done a few okay. live events now. If you were running your own, how? What would you change? What would you do different? Well, probably not. 
I try to I try to hit up some real life fellow artists and try to you know, mix them in with some uh, you know just I don't know I want like a show that's like got some variety to it but still mm-hmm. a specific point and you know I probably I probably give them like a smoke machine Not saying that this but wasn't already welcoming mm-hmm. also. Like, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, the other thing is that, I mean, it might be a tough question for you because, you know, you, you don't you don't throw events. You know what I mean? It's hard to answer that question sometimes. I, when I, do, you... I, I do a little bit, but I'm not hip hop Yeah. You know. No, absolutely, absolutely. What do you think That's, about um, uh, people that shove music down people's throats? Do people need to be aggressive when they're trying to get people's attention with their work, or do you think uh, there's a point where it's too, too promoty? What's that? What's up? Wait, say that again. Oh, sorry. It's I don't know why, but it's hard to hear you all of a sudden. Um, do you feel like there's like a, a point where? Some people promoted. shove their music down other people's throats um, too much. It's a, like, a tightrope to walk, right? Like, it's it's hard to promote your music, but know. not to overwhelm uh, people. I mean, listen, there's some artists that like, post their know. shit all the time, and they tag everybody. I mean, oh, how, man, I can how do you do it without being like annoying? Do you know what I mean? Like, So I know some things that are definitely like annoying that I've seen people do before, right? So like there's like this one DJ in in Philadelphia and whenever he does an event, he tags huh. everybody he knows on Philadelphia. Yeah, he was tags of, everybody he knows. It was kind of cutting down. Kind of cut down I, I was going to say like we're we got a bad connection. Oh, oh damn. Fuck. We lost him. Oh, well hopefully he rejoined. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. Hold on. Hey. Hey, wait. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Uni. Uni? Hello, hello. You good, buddy? Yeah, I can hear you. I was going to say, did your internet shit itself? Oh, no. no. He lost him. (laughs) Oh, he's coming back again. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. We still got another 45 minutes, bro. We still got another 45 minutes, man. Oh, you back? I can I can see you just fine. I can see you. Say something. Oh, like his audio. Well, while like... we're getting uni together, I can tell you that like one of the things that I don't like is um, is when people oh, do tag. Oh, they're back. Hold on. Oh, I got on the edge of my seat. Hey, bro, if you're still watching on Twitch on your phone, close that shit out. Because I, I, I see you moving. Say something. Oh, there we go. Here we go. We got him. Hey, yeah, it was kind of breaking up. There we go. Oh, you're go. good now, man. What's oh, you're up, perfect bro? now. There we go. Yeah, there you turn are. Turn that Twitch off, bro. Yeah, man. Um, 
<laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, so I think you and I are thinking of the same person, by the way. Did they put out like a new Am album I? every week? No, I, I actually, I do know who you're talking about as well, but, um, oh, Radiant Riot, Riot Nerd, Nerd is, Billy. Riot, oh, that was, my buddy Riot Nerd is rating us right Bro, now. How about that? thank you, Riot How Nerd. Fun. Okay. Hey, oh, what's wow, up, guys? Welcome to Hot Take. Hopefully, Uniwa's internet will work. Yeah. How are you doing oh, up there, Uni? You good? Yeah. My, oh, I just so kind of dropped out the call and dropped me back in and dropped me back out and dropped up, me back Jess. in. I know, I but it was like... I wasn't pressing anything. It was just like, I'm like, okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Dude, your internet so, does not want these people to hear the message, man. So, Uniwa, let me ask you, like, it's, it, don't, would you say it is kind of like a fine line of, you know, between promoting what you're doing and putting it down people's throat, right? Like, that's a hard line yeah. to walk. And I, me personally, what I think the, the trick is, is to, is to make it seem exciting, is to make it seem like this is a fun thing, not that you're begging people to go to, you know, uh, to go listen to your music or that you're, you're forcing them or you're like making, like putting everything in caps locks, like attention, this drops now, you've got to get it, but just try and be sincere with it. Try and really explain why it's special and, and make it seem exciting and unique. Like do your best to make people excited about it. Not that it's like an obligation for them to do it. Uh, what do you think? I feel like, yeah, you got to make it natural. It's got to be, the tone's got to be all you. Mm. Don't need to make it over processed and just like commercial. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, you know, talk about it. About the hardship behind that shit. Mm. Usually every great body of work has a story to like the fucking process, you know? And, I think um, that's important, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely gotta be natural. I'm not a professional so, um, promoter, but Yeah. You know, I try to keep things natural sounding and just organically exciting. Yeah, I think that you make the Hot Takes Vapor thing seem very exciting. I think, I think you do a great job with oh, it. I was excited to be on. Yeah, Bro. man, absolutely. Just it's a fun time. The, just based off the branding, it's just like, of course. Oh, yeah. dude, thanks, man. Appreciate oh, that. Love it's you, a buddy. match made in heaven. No problem. Mm -hmm. you, know who's, you know who's great at the promoting is obviously Ronnie. You know, he's a, maybe like, he's a fantastic promoter. He's like the best promoter I know. Dude, right? before the pandemic, he was hitting up IRL shows that he may or may not have been, even been interested in attending just to get the word out about vapor space him and sam Sachs, like hitting the fucking streets when i went to st louis he was just like yeah i bought vapor air a couple months back mm -hmm. you know and he's telling me about all the other vaporwave cats that i always listen to but you know because it's like it's a lot of them like it was like the specific you know guys that came around the era like Vapor Era and Blood Wave. I love Blood Wave. I'm honestly afraid to have Ronnie Blade and Dan. Dr. Chris well, in the same room together. together. I think it would probably he, he, explode. He's, he's fans of all these guys, you know? He's mm -hmm. fans of all these guys. Whenever he gets the opportunity to bring them, he brings them to St. Louis, and I, I admire that. He, he, he puts his, you know, he, he really holds this shit up. He really does. He's like a pillar, you know? He really works it on multiple different platforms, too, whether it be Discord or whether it be the Twitch live streams, Facebook, the Facebook, the Facebook. You know, the smart thing that he did, too, was, like, creating a group. Like, I thought that was really smart when he created the um, the group 
um, the, the Facebook group for Vapor Space. Do you know what I mean? Because that is something, you know, one of the big things I think to get people involved in what you do is to engage them, right? Is to create a space for them to engage in. And so him not just creating um, a, uh, a page for Vapor Space St. Louis, but creating a private Facebook group where people could post, get involved, post their own music, their own art, et cetera. I thought that was really interesting. I think community building is one of the biggest things that you can do as an artist to get your name out there, whether it's you're an event promoter or you're a musician or a um, or an artist or a writer, et cetera. You know, I think that's a really good idea is getting people involved, right? Yeah, actually, Uni, yeah. have you considered a, a Patreon or a fan club or anything like that? I, I actually have a Patreon. I've had a Patreon for years. No shit. Let me find that shit and drop that link. You gotta put that in the link. Put that link in there. <laughs> it's on my YouTube. I just don't promote it that much. Well, yeah. we're gonna promote it right now. Just because you're busy making music constantly. There I can't believe you is. have 20 songs on the next album. Damn, what made you, you decide to make it so long? songs on SoundCloud? What? What'd you say? What, what made you, what, what made it the choice for you to make the song, the album so long rather than maybe split into two albums? Did it just, this is what the album was. These are all songs of requirements. Yeah, the context series has always been a series that's longer in length. Yeah. But usually are always LPs, more than 10 tracks long. Like every context album is more than I think the and first I love you for that. is the only one that doesn't have more than 10 tracks. I don't remember the other ones having 20 tracks, though. That's the thing. Yeah, all, <laughs> like, Are you I trying to make a albums. Death Dynamic Shroud album, bro? 20, yeah, 20 tracks but is I a lot. I but I wanted, I wanted, you know, honestly, I had so much stuff. I was just like, it, I was just like, yo, fuck it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of different vibes. It's really a really crazy soundscape, though. It's, uh... It's 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 super. You can tell it's a concept album, and you mm -hmm. can tell it's like it's definitely like very strong and emotional. And, and it has no words. It's yeah. Just, you know. Can we talk about the fact yeah. that you will repost people's songs on SoundCloud if they join your Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool, man. That's a unique. Perk. Just saying. I still, I still do that for homies. I still just repost it. They'll tell me twenty five dollars just for posting. Yeah. I'll keep them up for long as fuck too. <laughs> yeah, Dude, man. I don't. I'm cool with the music anyway. Yeah, Ruby man. Ruby Kaiji reposted a couple of my sets, and they got hella plays now. So I would say to I, anyone thinking of joining, that's worth it. I don't understand people who don't do that, who don't repost people's things, who are very selective with what they repost or like, you know, they just like, well, I can only do it so many times a day or just not that often. If I, I don't like people who, who, who safeguard their life. You know, it's one yeah, thing. You don't, want, you don't want to overcrowd. Well, you do want to make it special. I mean, you bring up a valid point. Yeah, you don't want to overcrowd, but you do want to involve yeah. the people you care but about. I also feel like exactly exactly you definitely want to i know it's like there's so much so much like be busy you can find it's like there's no reason to honestly honestly uh yeah no i i don't think so. yeah there's not the big reason to i mean at least with your likes though like yeah you can like people's shit like it's one thing to not yeah. you don't have to repost everything i do you know you don't want to you don't want to clutter up your social media you don't want to clutter up your sound clouds or etc but like I mean, you can fucking go ahead and start liking people's stuff. It means a lot when you do it to people. You know what I mean? 
Honestly, one of my favorite ways exactly. to find I guess new it's music a, but it's a lot of work too because it's like a whole likes. other job to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's one thing to make your own music and to work, promote your own stuff, but then like it's like another job is like okay, well now I gotta go support other people too, and it's uh, you know, it's I guess it comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always had an open ear to whatever's good, so mm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you about about good. Do you think that um, there is such thing as objectively good or objectively bad? I asked Tech the same question. I hope hope you don't what, mind. What do you mean? So, with with regards to art, is there such thing as objectively good music and objectively bad music? So objectively meaning that it's like. Like, it's a fact. It's bad. It's a fact. Not, it's bad to you, but maybe not to somebody else. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah? Interesting. Okay. So, what's a good example of some objectively good music? It's good, and it's a fact. Um. <coughs> like, a, uh. <coughs> Like funk music or disco? Okay, disco. It's a tough question, though, right? Because it's like, well, this is objectively... Because I know that, like, there's <laughs> stuff that... That's objectively good to me, right? Like, And, like, I think that you kind of have to have that sense as an artist. If you're an artist, in my opinion, if as an artist, like, you kind of have to be able to answer that question the way that you just did about, like, yeah, there is. Because if you don't know what's good in your own mind... How are you going to make your own art? You know what I mean? You're just going to scramble yeah, around and point. you'll never know if it's good or not. And it's that sort of like, and like, I, I would say the same thing that you saying about like, yeah, there is objectively good. There is objectively bad. And like, I really can't really point to a specific example at the moment, but I know for me, like, this is good. This is bad. And I get, you know, and I get the idea. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, I suppose everything is subjective, but in my mind, this is the objective bad. This is the objective good. And if I don't, if I can't really draw that distinguish that that distinguishing point in my mind, then how am I supposed to make art? Because I won't be able to do it. Because I'll have no idea what I like and what I don't like. So I think it's necessary to be able to answer that question like that and to say yes or no. There is there is good. There is bad. It's not me saying it for, it for everybody else, but it's saying it for me. Is Uni? Is he, is he still? I was going to say. I think we're losing him. Uni, are you still with us? Damn, fuck CenturyLink or Verizon or Comcast or whoever. Well, until Uni gets back, what do you guys think? Do you think that there is an objective good or there is an objective bad? Not gonna lie, I was not expecting that answer. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yo, he's back. Oh, oh, oh. And if if you are back, I want to hear an example of some objectively bad music. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. I still think that what you're asking is a tough question. You know? yeah, it's so but it's a fun question. Great. But I'm saying, you know, once again, that like the objective bad, the objective good exists only in the artist's head. You know what I mean? And okay. like, I, the artist has to have an objective good and an objective bad in order to make their music, or else they're you have just to have some a sort strong. of touchstone. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it. <laughs> All right, I'm about to bust out the big TV for the next episode. Ah, hey there, yeah. I'm Uniwa. What's up, guys? <laughs> yes, there is such thing as objectively bad music, and it's called Insane Clown Posse. You know, that's just bad to me. You know, <laughs> just it's just kidding. bad to you. It's probably not bad to other people, but I think that... Hey! 
Oh, that's funny. Are you coming out? I see. I didn't see you going back and forth on the television the, uh, like that. That's oh. fun. Let's put the static. <laughs> Hello. Damn, bro. Yo, there what's up, man? How do you yeah. like? Can I ask a question for you? What? How yeah. do you like Arkansas, man? Is this a good? Is that a good base of operations for you? Is it a good home base? You you you're comfortable with it? Would you ever want to move anywhere else? Oh, damn it! Oh, is he there? I want to. Uni, we can we can go not video if we need to. Want to go not video? Maybe should we go not yeah. video? We could uh we could throw up the static man and we could yeah. just do like an audio. You throw up the static and we'll just do audio. Can you, you you you're coming in and out. Yeah, sh shut your shut your cam off real quick and see if that makes. Shut a your difference. cam off. Let's see if we can just do with audio. All okay, right. how yeah. are we doing now? Oh, that might be a little bit better. Yeah, I can hear you. We'll, we'll miss your face, but you know. I wish. Wait. So my question again is uh, is with uh, you know, Lil Rock. Do you, is this a good home base of operation? Would you ever want to go somewhere else? Would, or do you really like it there? Is it perfect? Maybe we're going to have to throw the static yeah. up on everybody. I'll probably go somewhere else initially. It's, it's, it, is, it is where I'm from, though. Yeah. It, now it's where my people are, so you feel me? I'm, I'm, I'm where my people are. Mm -hmm. where? So you would you would you ever consider going anywhere else? And if you did, yeah. where would it be? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm open to America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Would you like to tour more often? Just go around and uh, and just maybe experience things like that again? Are you looking yeah. forward to that maybe soon? Yeah, definitely want to like, definitely just do a string of nightclubs like through the winter or fall. Like, I just definitely want to get out <clears throat> and uh, definitely just travel more. Probably like get a passport, go to Europe after COVID. Yeah, and shit. Nice. I do feel like that. Like, really, you know, expand the universe. Universe, the universe, nice. holy shit. Do you think you could ever what, do you think you could ever stop making music? Do you think that's even a thing you could even possibly possibly do? Like could you actually could you actually stop making music if you want to, or would you just never be able to do that? Honestly, like I don't see myself doing that realistically. <clears throat> but like I know I'm transitioning more into like like the business aspect of music. Hmm. So it's like <clears throat> who knows what might happen. If, Interesting. Like, if I like, you know, I see myself for the foreseeable future releasing a lot of music because I just have so much in my, you know, my output's crazy. So, well, um, that's good. You're not going to run out of material ever. I mean, sure my question fans are really though is that. like, as an artist, do you think you could actually stop? Like, do you can you picture yourself actually stopping and not? I don't know, picking up the the DAW and like making a song. I know that I've tried before and I couldn't do it. Like I, I did go on hiatus for a little while and I, I couldn't, like I had to go back and do it. Uh, I don't think I could, uh, it's just that. I don't think it's like after doing this so long. Yeah. I might take a break from here a couple months, but I'll I'll come back and make a string of music, like a string, shit, nice. shit you know. Can I ask you a question? How do you know when you're done a song? Like when, you, what, at what point do you say this is over? Is it when you listen to it and it's just, it hits right? Does it take you a long time? Do you have to listen to it yeah. several times? I gotta listen to it on some different speakers and headphones. And 
Give it the old car test. It's got to, uh, you know, make the hair on the back of my neck stand up, basically, you know? Interesting. That's you know, interesting. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel that shit. Yeah. That's, do you, what speakers do you like to test it on? I know that I personally will, I'll test it on my monitors. I'll test like it in headphones and in the car. I like Damn. Young models. Yeah. I always think it's important. Sometimes I'll, I'll even test it on the phone without even the regular speakers, just playing it off a phone because you never know how people are going to listen to your song the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like even just the yeah. phone without without yeah. your headphones on. Some people might just click on a YouTube list, a YouTube link or a Spotify link and like just hold it in front of their head face and listen to it. So I sometimes check it with that too. Make sure the, the highs sound good. Uni, yeah, I have a question sure for you, bro. Reasonable. Uni, what is a song or album that you think everybody needs to hear at least once? Well, what, what's the top what album? What's any song or album that you think to? everyone should hear at least once? That anybody, that from any artist. Anything. Anybody. Free Rain, The World Is Your Oyster. Um, it's probably going to be the... Uh, the best of SOS band, like yes, oh, wow, that's a great yes. choice. Hell yeah, wow, that I, is a really I, good I, choice. That's such a good choice. That's really good. Yeah, I'm such an old school ass nigga. It's gonna course me too, man. That's amazing. I great not see that choice. coming, but that's a fucking great album. The, yeah, that the great, great, great act. Do you have um, a, a special like love or affinity for '80s R&B and like? I do, I do. It's very deep. It runs in my veins. It wakes me up at night. And Interesting. I, I smoke to it. I just let hell yeah. Life to it. I've I've always and been I a huge you. Alexander O'Neill fan. Once I started getting into it. Yeah, like Luther Vandross and fucking the SOS band and Loose Ends and Prince and Morris yes. Day at the time and Roger and Zap. I could really go forever. Yes. Go on, man. That's awesome. That's amazing. So that's that's a that's a big inspiration for you. Is that yeah, that's I pay attention. I pay attention to the music. I like. I really, you know, <clears throat> study that shit and and take it in. Uh, those guys all have something to learn from. Uh, also, even earlier acts like the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind, mm-hmm. Fire, and um, the Commodores and the Temptations and the Spinners. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you find yourself being drawn to specific instruments or sounds or techniques or? I do. You know those very, those very, very soul R&B. You know, uh, sometimes it sounds like it has gospel influences. Yeah, you're not wrong. Stuff like that. It's like the stuff that's definitely like just got strong emotion. Like you know, you listen oh, to. I, that. I completely agree. When you, like, when you listen to, like, say, for instance, Loose Ends. Yes. Like, hanging on a string. Hanging on a string, right? You listen to, hey, or you listen to the, uh, uh, 999 is not in service. Like, <laughs> they, they fucking, I miss, why don't you pick up the telephone? Oh, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, that's they, what they, I they love about that era. Thing. It's like this synergy is so fucking crazy. It's so emotional, dude. It's so, like, yeah. over the top, but in the best way. Oh, God. It really is over the top. Like, or, like, Yarborough and People's Guilty. Like, 
I'm guilty for loving you. Forgive. It's, it's like, great the drunk music, video, dude. They're in like a like a car, like a used car dealership. Like it's so <laughs> fucking hilarious, bro. It's such a fun vibe, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I love that exaggeration of of feelings. You know what I mean? That they do in those very songs. melodramatic. It's, that's like, well, yeah, the exaggeration of feelings. It's like it's playing to the back of the crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is like meant to like soar over to everybody, right? It's not like so specific that you can you gotta like. It's not for one person. It's for everybody. So it's just exactly. like in a play. In a play, you have to overdo your emotions. You have to overdo your oh, yeah, movements good point. to you play to... to a big audience. So it's like, you know, in, in these songs, it's like that's the equivalent of that, right? That's like I'm guilty of loving you. Like you got to you're playing to like a the, the back of the crowd when you do that too, man. Like you reach yeah, everybody. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, I think those guys definitely did that. They like yeah, dude. You listen to the SOS band. They got parts of their fucking song where it's just like. They're like talking on the phone and shit. It's like, I don't really think I can dude. go out this weekend. On weekend girl and shit. Like, you know what my favorite fucking weekend. example is, dude? Yo, I love that. That's my favorite. And the songs is more like, oh, but do I? Like, I keep thinking of that Lisa Lisa song. Uh, I want yeah. like, oh, but should I? Oh, but yeah, that's but maybe if he comes at me. That shit is a rock, the rock said that that big ass rock said track for the 80s too. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> dude, do you remember that new edition oh, song? Can you stand the rain? Where it's like, let's go get wet, and it's like <laughs> the thunder. And it's like a quiet storm. Like that's like towards the night. Fucking love quiet storm, too. dude. And new I Jack Swain music. Oh man, that's so fun when there's like a little interlude at the beginning where it's like them talking to the friends, like, yo, yo, you think she's checking me out right now? Yo, and then like, know, and then right? it breaks into the song. It's so fun because it's just such a, um, I don't know, man. It feels like a daydream sometimes to me. You know, it just, it really feels like a daydream. Like, I love it. It's, it's such a good, it's such good music and it's such good, such interesting vibes that are, you know, exaggerated in this way that's just really comforting. It's really soothing to listen to it. You know what Uni. I mean? Like everything sounds seems perfect. Life what, seems what you know good, about you know? no one's gonna love you, bro. No. What you know about no one's gonna love you. Oh yeah. You know some of those songs I sampled. Dude. Well um <laughs> yeah, like nice. still no, you, That's how you know this man got also, taste. Uh, uh Oh, yeah. No, let me tell you something. You're going to have to start dropping some links. Because I've been listening to this shit since I was, like, younger. Hell, yeah. I've been listening to this shit when I was, like, a teenager. Was that what was playing in the house a lot when you were growing up? You know... Not really. It's more gospel. Oh, I got a really good question for you playing. when you finish your thought. It's more like southern, more like southern gospel music playing. Interesting. In like my house growing up, but when I got MP, a hold of MP3 players, yeah. when I got a hold of MP3 players and I got a hold of iPod, I was bumping that. Oh wow! So was that the first time that like how what what puts you in contact was like where you're like as soon as you got your MP3 player you're like this is what I want to put on that MP3 player like I can't wait to get this and listen to whatever I want. When I, was, when I was back in middle school, my uncle put a bunch of older music on my MP3 player, older hip hop. Wow. Like right. What you know about this, young all blood? That stuff. R&B, 90s R&B, 90s hip hop, like jazz contemporary, all that stuff. Wow. I mean, he hooked you up. Like, yeah, it was hundreds of gigabytes of music. And it's just like, I just had time to just analyze and go through all of it. That's also how 
you know, I've always was a big Outkast fan, but I got even became even more of one because he I got all the albums through him, all the Outkast wow. albums. Wow, nice. Like, like, Damn, like, that's the homie album. right there. You better the, keep him around. Those people that like those people that like spark us, that like you know that like yes. enter our lives and like here you go and like give us the music. Like that is such an important experience to have yes. that one that person who really starts the fire, who like gives you the album. Or gives you the MP3 and loads it up for you and be like, you're going to yeah, like this. Check yeah, it out. Really, this is like hundreds of gigabytes. It'll put you onto this. Wow. Hundreds of gigabytes. No. Like, this is like a large exchange. You know, like the computer I had, the computer I had yeah. before that had all my music that I was listening to Kanye and Rick Ross and shit, um, it crashed. So uh, uh, all my, I used to also listen to gospel rap on some weird shit. I don't listen to gospel rap anymore. Um... <laughs> this shit's different, but like, um, like the computer crashed. I lost all my music, so I, I got. Oh, music dude, music I've had that happen too. My MP3 player, and I just like, you know, I'd be listening to fucking uh, Wrecking Effect. Uh, all I want to do is a boom, 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 boom. Just this shake the room. <laughs> yeah, man, that's so funny. That's so funny that that you know, you know, it was your uncle that did this for you that gave you all that music. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And it's really interesting that it's not like he gave you one album. He gave you an entire catalog of music. Like, oh, gigabytes and gigabytes of music. Like, you were started with an entire history of music, basically. Yeah. Of multiple histories of music. That's interesting because when you started making music, you immediately began to release lots of music. Like, multiple albums at once. And it's just funny because, like, the first time you were really able to be get into music, you were given multiple albums at once. And it's funny, yeah. maybe that reverberated a little bit, and that's kind of how you approached music. Was like you had like you were given the sprawl, and so when you started making music, it also was kind of a bit. It was like a big sprawl of music too. Yeah, I definitely agree. I can definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, that, that definitely was a big uh, thing for me, being able to, to to stay up at night and listen to all that. And, wow. Well, uh, well, I can't even imagine. That's I don't think I ever had an experience where someone gave me, you know, like hundreds of albums at once like i remember yeah. like that's 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 like you went from zero to a thousand <laughs> like that's crazy uni i have a question for you bro have yeah. you ever shown the vaporwave version of a song to somebody that's like only heard like the og version um, like have you ever shown someone yeah. a vapor I mean, song I've done, that a couple, I've done that a couple times you know also like you know i don't think Halloween, you know honestly I think it's uh, guilty by your bro people, you know, the surfing. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, that? What was the reaction? It's amazing. It's still an amazing song. Both songs are amazing. Mm. You know, surfing's playing on it. It's just so cool, though. Yeah. Thanks for the follow, Gamer yeah. Paper. Wow, man. I dated a girl one time, bro, and we would show her mom. She she made vaporwave art. We would show her mom the vaporwave songs that flipped samples by Kashif or Sherelle or Alexander O'Neill, and she would be like, she would listen for a second, and she'd be like, "Why did they mess up that song?" And it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious, dude. So I just I just had to know if you had ever had that kind of similar experience. I, I really like the uh, the the vaporwave versions of all these things. The recontextualization of this music it's 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 great because it it really reintroduces the concepts the uh, you know to new people and people 
they'll look up the other artists. They'll they'll discover more, and they might find themselves into a whole new world of music that they would never have been exposed to otherwise. And you know, we can we I don't know. It's interesting. Think about all the people that know about that know about Marcos Valley now because of Vaporwave and Future Fly. You know? Yeah, right. For real. Let me ask you this: Are there any specific sounds or like? Uh, instruments that like ruin a song for you? Is there any sound that you're just like, oh, I don't want to hear that? Um, probably like, um, I really like classical instruments. Okay. Like that. Probably yeah. like, uh, probably like, like an ugly ass set, like really droning, ugly sense. You know what I mean. <laughs> Really droning. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, I don't like organs. I am just really don't like the way they sound. Organs? So. I really don't, man. I don't like, I don't like detuned synths. You don't like detuned like, synths? synths that are too detuned and too chorused out. Like, that shit's too much. Sometimes oh, it's a bit overdoing it when they do that. Like, a little bit of detune goes a long way. You don't need to yeah. pull, pull it all the way down. Like, a little bit of de- like detune two oscillators, a little bit. And like you'll get a nice wide sound, a little we'll bit of chorus on top. We'll that's all. We'll yeah. This don't gotta make your life. Damn, we got a hot take in the chat. My homie Vance Farplane says many good '80s songs are ruined by sax solos. Oh, I don't know about that. I think the sax solos are the best thing about '80s songs, though. Just saying. Yes, that is I, a I, hot I take. I love the sax solos. Like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> Man, Uni's been so chill the whole interview, and then I just heard <laughs> say, what the yo, fuck is that? <laughs> yo, the sax solo's like, fucking, didn't Bill Clinton come out and just play saxophone and got elected as president? That's how he got elected. Yeah, gave, yeah but he did. He came out there, and he did a he did huge. Bill Clinton was a big sax you know, I'm, from, I'm from Arkansas. I like the saxophone. I, Dude, I, MIDI I, sax it, is amazing too. I don't instrument. care what y'all say. I think it's a, I think it's I think it's adds so much texture and depth to an '80s song, a '90s like soul R&B jazz song. Mm. I expect that to really contemporary jazz and shit. Like it makes you just feel like, damn, like I'm really lost in like the cosmos or some shit, like. Mm. I, I think it makes me just peer into myself. Like I just like listen to the, 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 the sax solo hit. I just be thinking about life and shit. It's interesting. Know? Wow. So you really connect with it. You know, the saxophone is an interesting instrument because it's it's a very playful instrument too. Like it's you can move through it very quickly. You know, it's got all the different valves it on a, it, so you can yeah, move it, it really it, quick. It's based, it based in out of jazz, and I love jazs. I love John Coltrane and Miles. Mm. Mingus. Yeah. So how do you know when a song is particularly stanky? Stanky? How do you know when a song is a uh, is 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 particularly what? Stanky. You said stanky. Stanky. In a good way or a bad way? I mean, I don't know. I heard I heard somewhere that that people that listen to a lot of jazz will say, like, if the song's really good. Instead of it slaps or it kicks or it fucks, it's stanky. I've never heard that. You never heard that? Okay. Yeah, we just snap. You just 
Isaac B. LMAO. Isaac being white as fuck. <laughs> Somebody that listens to jazz said that. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was cracking up. Y'all too. leave me alone. Um, Why do I got to be the butt of everybody's jokes every episode? Because you, you, I don't know, man. You kind of set yourself up for that one. I was watching that unfold, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna keep pushing this." <laughs> oh man. Um, you know what though? What I love about the saxophone in general is just like it, it's, it's it does have all those valves, and because it has all those valves, there's so much room to to change the frequency of the sound. So you really do feel like you're floating in the cosmos because you can just I, I so many steps in it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like a, a, a more like it's like a spine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree, and I agree with Enrail when he said saxophone is the sexiest instrument. When I hear saxophone and a jazz contemporary song from the '80s, it makes me want to definitely have the sex. It makes you want to sex. Have the sex. You know what I mean? Not just engage with the sex, but have the sex, man. Because it is. It's a sexy goddamn instrument. It's like passionate love-making, like instrument, like. Yeah, man, it really is a passion. Like, I don't think you can really accomplish as much with a lot of other wind instruments because just the saxophone has, I've said it like three times now, but so much depth, right? Because you can, you know, you're altering this. You know what's very sexy about the saxophone, too, is like unlike a a lot of other wind instruments, which maybe only have like three or four valves, you really caress the saxophone. You work up and down the entire instrument. Oh, my God, somebody clip this. Sexual... You know, it's pretty sexy, man. Like the the act of, of moving a saxophone means moving your hands up and down the instrument. It's definitely like you're fucking the saxophone. A it's bit. like you're fucking the. Sa- I'm glad you said it and I didn't. Yeah, yeah because every like time I have sex, I go. You know, I really feel that in my spirit. And, yeah, dude. Uh, the jazz is beautiful, and it tells the stories of you know many black artists that are trying. Mm-hmm make a way for themselves in the 20th century America and the racial segregation and, and yeah. rights era. I think it's, uh, it's, 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 it's great music because it, it really was like, kind of like, kind of like a starting point for the, uh, I mean, yes, it did get commodified by the major labels. Well, everything and, does though. You know, but you know, it, it brought such a great, rich, you know, type of thinking with it, mm-hmm. and it was very forward-thinking. It's very, uh, uh, really, just overall welcoming fall people, and it's just like a rich sound. That's why you know I sample a lot of jazz. You know, I really have always liked that saxophones and brass instruments and all the all the quintets and the quartets and you know all those guys that just would travel and. Nah. Europe, like Quincy Jones. Yeah. You know, like travel Europe to his broke, take 30 men with them for months at a time. You know, I respect those sacrifices and, and, and what they did. Because mm-hmm. that stuff wasn't easy. You know, you can only can't imagine. even imagine, right? You know, exactly. So, you know, that also in turn makes me take me what I do serious, you know, to yeah. a certain degree that most people might not be able to understand. So that's actually really what I wanted to ask you about is also as a black artist in Vaporwave, where there are very few black artists in Vaporwave, do you feel like, you know, what I do might speak to some other kids that might get them into it. So what I'm doing is very important and I need to really think about everything I do, maybe more than some of the white artists do, because what I'm doing might be setting the groundwork for future people to follow me. Yeah, 
Exactly. And, mm. um, you know, and I already know there's kids out there that love, uh, like, love DJ Screw, love chopping the screw shit, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. And that's the, you know, they gonna, they gonna, they gonna do it, you know? Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's like, uh, my bad, I lost my train of thought. No, no, we were talking about basically, um, you know, what you just said about the jazz artist paving away. You are a black vaporwave artist in a world where there aren't too many black vaporwave artists, but maybe there could be soon. Maybe there are kids who are 13, 14 getting into Uniwa and they see you doing this and they say, hey, there's a place for me in this scene too if he's out there doing this and he's successful. And you said that, you know, there's that is an added pressure on you maybe. And I don't know, you seem to be pretty confident. So I, 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 you know, I'm super critical of my music and growing and, and making it sound bolt and bolt and, and dynamic and uh, you know just evolving as an artist and mm-hmm. uh, other people to you know be able to be willing to have the patience with themselves to allow themselves to create art you know see they see a testament of what I have with my life and they can like you know find their own way that they can adapt to it they might learn something from me I don't know you know Hmm. So, so you think yeah. about that though when you make music and when you tour you actually you, you do think about like you know somebody could look at me I, I better take all this very seriously I maybe have a little bit more pressure on me because of this too yeah exactly yeah How do you do, quiz do you has do a really them? good question um, is there someone who you feel is influential or important to vaporwave stylistically that is not getting their due respect what did you say he says, is there anybody who's who's very important to Vaporwave that isn't really getting their due? Like, stylistically, it is a big influence, but people don't talk about it enough. Um, let me see. Oh, who's influential uh, to you? Honestly, I, I really like... Uh, I, I really like the guys I came in with, you know, like... Mm-hmm. You know, of course, uh, I might be mispronouncing some names sometimes. Fiber. Uh, yeah, uh, Alex is great. Alex has DJ teacher before. Super Sex, you know. Oh, yeah, nice. great too. Just played a Super Sex song. Um, groovy, you feel me? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like tendencies, you know. Hell yeah. That's great too. Brandon's great. I feel like they could. They, they, I love their music. I feel like that, you know. Mm-hmm. He did some good stuff with the coup d'etat label too. What'd you say? He uh, he did that coup d'etat label for a little bit. Losing you, Isaac. You're, you're cutting out a little bit. Cutting out? That's weird. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, you know, I I really hate to get. I really just want to ask one more question about this before I, I leave the subject completely. But okay. you know. Are you doing okay? Do you, do you feel okay with that pressure that you have about, you know, maybe being, you know, a, a black artist and, and thinking about that other artists might follow you the same way you talk about jazz? Is that, is, are you okay with that pressure? Does it, does it ever go to be a lot? Do you even think about it at all that much? Or well, last thing I want to ask about that, just, just want to know personally. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you're always going to think about certain types of pressure, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's, really just about uh, trying to have as much fun with what you love and uh, making sure that, you know, I, I try to look at it like this, 
yeah. with the pressure that I've always realized it would come, the yeah. more I take it serious, the more people that will pay attention to what I do. And um, I, I still have to be able to, to uh, be so bound to what I love to do, and mm-hmm. also have the patience and just the overall commitment to be able to just see it all the way through. Wow. Uh, that's that's beautifully put, man. That was very beautifully put. Yes, it was. Say, since we, we got like five minutes left, I don't know if you oh, guys shoot. can hear me. I'm sorry, but, man. Uh, we, oh, wow. Has it already been two hours? I know, right? So oh, one, of, one of our favorite right. things to do, and I hope you guys can hear me. You mentioned I was cutting out a little bit. Um, oh, you, you're back. Isaac, you're back. You're good, man. Good, good. Um, Uni, one of our favorite things to do is to like spend the last five minutes just shouting people out. Um, and I feel like before Chris and I kind of, you know, talk about what's going on in our lives, we would love for you to take as much time as you want to just promote anything you want, shout out anyone you want, talk about anything you want. Yeah. Um, you know, shouts out all the homies in the chat, of course, shouts out all the homies in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the album out, uh, Friday. Thursday night, 12 a.m., going into Friday morning. Uh, Context 4, 20 songs long. Um, yeah, and, you know, shouts out, like I said, everybody in the chat, Ronnie, Luxury, uh, Groovy, um, Quiz. Quiz is really the reason why I got on. Quiz was like the guy that came to me. It was like, hey, Skeleton wants you to see if you want to be on his podcast. And I was like, <laughs> of course. I yeah. music, so I was like, "Why not?" Thanks, man. I thank you, Quiz, for reaching out to Uni. I'm, I'm really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, Quiz told me because I was talking to Quiz about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I talk to Uni all the time." I'm like, "Oh my God, would you, would you please ask him? If you, I would love to have him on. I'm a huge fan and um, friendly with Uni, but I, you probably talk to him more than I do. That, that's great, man. I fuck with you hard too, man. I fuck with your music hard. Thank you." Thank you, thank you. And uh, oh yeah, uh, Pacific Plaza. You know, Hell yeah! Pacific. Big me. love for Alex. Um, Imrail Molo. I hope Molo's doing better. With that, I saw that she, you know, she got COVID. I hope she's doing good. Love her. She's such a great, cool, bright person mm-hmm. uh, in, in the in the whole community. Oh yeah, DS dude. You know. That's the homie right there. For sure. A, a lot of Rosewood people. I'm loving it. Okay, it's good, man. Any, anything else you want to shout out? Are you good? Yeah, that's all. That's all. Uh, shout out Isaac, you, man. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Um, other than Uniwa, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. This has been so much you, fun. Um, <clears throat> thank you again, Tech Honors, for rating us. Thank you to uh, Riot. Uh, what was it? Riot Nerd Philly, I think. That's a friend of yours, right, Chris? Riot Nerd's a promoter in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah, Riot Nerd. Thank you yeah, so they for, for us. rating thank us. You, thank you, thank you, um, uh, thank you, thank you for Nerd. everyone that tuned in. Um, we um, have got some really cool things coming down the uh, the pipeline. We've got uh, a uh, an upcoming show that that uh, is going to be after the next Vapor Space. Um, some details a little fuzzy. Um, I. Uh, do not have the trailer ready to go, DS dude. I'm sorry. I owe you an apology. I'm losing you. I I have. Uh, you guys can't hear me. Done. Can't. Oh, that's weird. Wait, now I can. Oh. Okay. Stay right there and talk. Stay right there. Stay right here. No, stay, Maybe there's. No, stay forward. Go forward. Maybe there's something wrong with my mic. 
Now stay there and don't move and talk. Oh, that's that's weird. Okay. Just um, stay right there and talk. Maybe I need a new mic. Um, uh, we got uh, we got a Rosewood event coming up. <clears throat> um, May eight, I believe. Saturday, May eight. Is that correct, guys? We got a new Rosewood show, a Rosewood Balance, coming up. We're gonna have some cool IRL Titan Radio homies playing a show. Um, promoting is about to start really soon. I don't have. I have embarrassingly not figured out how to play video on here yet, but that's my project for next week. Uh, Eparita has uh, designed some pins for uh, hot takes. And uh, like a dummy, I don't have pictures of them, but Eparita has designed some pins that we will have a way for you guys to yes. let us know some if you pins. want one. Um, no cost, personally. Um, if you want one, let me know, and we'll get you one. Um, if you want to donate, you can, but we'll we'll have some some details worked out on that by next week, by by two weeks from now. Um, so tune in uh, May eight for the Rose the next Rosewood show. I've got a really cool set coming up for a show after that with visuals by Luxury Elite, and she has finished the visuals already, and they are amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to see them. It's a it's an outrun synthwave set with a bunch of like classic archival commercial footage. You guys are gonna love it. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll find a way to uh, to uh, broadcast the uh, uh, to show pictures of what the pins look like next next time. Yes, can't wait so, to see them. Over to you, Chris. Okay, so um, I guess I'll just promote what I have coming out most soon. Um, uh, so I've got uh, the Winter Quilts O Discordia remix album. I'm going to be featured on that. It's going to be um, featuring remixes by me, Tokyo Wanderer, um, uh, Donor Lens, and Alpha Chrome Yayo, Cell Shade, and everyone's favorite, Hong Kong Express. And also, it's going to, I also have a remix for pop culture coming out soon. Um, that I'm almost done working on. Uh, I also have a new single coming out called Vapor Never Sleeps. That'll be out soon. And um, I guess next week, Ming Curry is releasing his album. And Ming Curry is, I believe that was going to be the first album released on a Game Boy Advance cartridge as well. Holy and that's shit. a visual album he put together as well. <clears throat> and I am featured doing vocals on that. And I got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of other stuff coming up, but I'm only going to announce the stuff that's coming up most and that's what's coming up most soon. All right. I love it. Hey, uh, do you want to introduce uh, our guest? I actually on, uh... don't know who we're going to have. Oh, we, we, we don't know, know who yet. we're going to have? Uh, no. Oh, so it's just, just going to have to be a thought. surprise. He might not be May able to 10. do it right away either now, so we'll just talk, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. all right. So it's a surprise who our next guest is going to be. But best believe there will be some promoting. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have – I'm not as smart as you think I am, Daniel. I don't. <laughs> don't know how to do that so uh that'll be my project for next week yeah all right uh yeah but we we, we obviously have a, we have a very long queue for vaporwave uh a hot take show and you guys are all on it for the most part you people asking to be on it yes you guys are all oh, on the queue you better um, believe it but we just we're just working through it we, we got it guys we're, we'll get yeah. to everybody eventually but there's just a really long queue at the moment but you and we do this only every two weeks so we'll get to you absolutely we love you all you're going to be on it. And um, anything else, Isaac? No. Um, thanks again, Uni. And uh, does anyone know if 3D Blast is live right now? Yeah. Who should, should we, we raid? Uh, should we raid 3D Blast or somebody else? Oh, perfect. All right. <coughs>
All right. Beauty, thanks a lot for being here again, man. You can go to bed. And thank you very much, buddy. Uh, big fans. Love you very much. Really appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing all that wonderful advice with us and the wonderful, um, you know, just uh, ruminations that you had and all the uh, insight that you were able to share with all of us. And we really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for yes, having indeed. me. I really, really like this engagement. You know. Yeah, dude. We got to talk Thank more you. about '80s R&B at some point. We we got to do a show. We'll do a show. We'll we'll all we'll all hang out IRL at some point soon. I know it. All right. I'm definitely trying to do that and try to you know DJ and just you know. We'll be there, man. You you'll come do terminally chill. Trust me, man. You you'll you'll fucking love this party. Wait till you see what it how it pops off. Okay, man. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks again for being here and good night.